Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What is better than this? Guys being dudes here on a Monday for you. I know that Mondays typically suck, but we have something here for you that you think you're going to like. We are doing a mock draft for you, the first one ever on the Draft Dudes podcast. I know it's that time of year that everyone is thirsty for some predictions and some uh, scenarios to play out and see how this first round is going to go. That is 37 days away if you're listening to this on Monday the 20th. 37 more days, folks, and we'll be uh, ready to see that first round unfold. And uh, Kyle and I are going to go about presenting a scenario for you today on Draft Dudes. Kyle, what's going on, man? Hey, Joe. I I just think this is tremendous irony. Uh, Last week we just got done... uh, trashing the concept of mock drafts and here we are uh doing a mock draft on draft dudes <laughs> the un- <laughs> the undeniable truth with mock drafts is people are thirsty for them they're fun but it's the backlash that this uh, is true that people just cannot uh they can't stomach if the pick didn't go the way they think it should have they, they let us know, and I'm sure that's going to happen. Right now, you guys have your fingers locked and loaded to tweet at us your hate for the picks that we are going to peg to your teams. Well, the good news in this situation is uh, this is not a simulation necessarily. This is more uh, Joe and I looking at our draft boards, putting ourselves in those shoes, looking at the roster and the state of the roster and where it's at and saying, Okay, what would I do here? 
So that kind of changes the con complexion of this mock draft just a little bit because it's no longer we're necessarily saying with the fourth pick Jacksonville Jaguars take Leonard Fournette because they really like Leonard and there's not a lot of other players on the board that mesh with their roster. And No, it, it's what would we do. And I think that's an important distinguishment and dis disclaimer that we need to make right off the bat. Yeah, except for the people who are going to come back at us. You don't know my team. You don't know this backup player is really good, and he's going to start, and we don't need a player at that position. That that person's coming. They're ready. But, uh, hey, hey, that's what we signed up for, man. This, this is the hardest thing we have to do in this NFL draft analysis business. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll just, I'm just going to turn my phone off for the next uh, <laughs> 48 hours and worry about get it again the, on Wednesday. Get the CeeLo me ready. Yep, the CeeLo meme. <laughs> if, if those of you uh, who are listening are not familiar with the CeeLo meme, there's a, 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 a GIF, I suppose is what it's... I, I refuse to call it GIF. It's a GIF. Uh, a, a GIF of CeeLo Green uh, at, uh, I believe it was the Grammys, uh, mm -hmm. in, in his tricked-out costume this past year, climbing into a car and um, giving Dirty Birds on the way out. And that's kind of the mood that we have on, on mock draft day. Uh, just just blinders to the haters. Here it is. Have at it. Enjoy it. Uh, just if you at me, see low time, baby. <laughs> Let's get rolling, man. You got uh, Kyle's taking odds to start, and I have evens, and you are on the clock with the Cleveland Browns. Okay, so uh, we're going to put ourselves literally on the clock here. We're going to try and keep these brisk since we have 32 to go through. Uh, Cleveland Browns, let's not make this harder than it has to be. Miles Garrett's the best player in this draft class. He's the best prospect uh, that I've evaluated in four seasons utilizing the system that I use um, currently with uh, NDT scouting. Uh, Garrett can play stand-up. He can play with his hand in the dirt. He can rush the passer. He's gotten much better as a run defender. Uh, Cleveland's roster has the quote-unquote luxury of just taking the best available prospects because they need talent on the roster and Garrett accomplishes that. I've got San Francisco 49ers at two and I am going Mitch Trubisky quarterback from North Carolina. Uh, football players on the board. Uh, well, a lot of them, right? It's pick in the draft but no player can impact that franchise like Trubisky if he uh, achieves all the success that he's able to given his skill set he's got great accuracy to all levels of the field he's polishing the pocket and uh, this is my quarterback one I like him and the way that his skill set meshes with Kyle Shanahan let's go ahead and get the quarterback right here at number two I'm turning it in for Mitch Trubisky all day long Number three, Chicago Bears. Uh, this has been a popular landing spot for me in my past mock drafts for John Allen. We are going to go a different direction, but we are staying on the offensive side of the ball, and we're staying in the SEC. Another playmaker, uh, Jamal Adams, free safety. I really think what he brings on the back end would give them a really nice level of versatility. Uh, Chicago has continued to invest on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you look at their first-round draft selections for the past couple years, uh, the cornerback Fuller, uh, Leonard Floyd, uh, Jamal Adams is a, a potential free safety. He could walk him up in the slot and have him play man coverage. He can be a box defender and impact the running game. So many different things that you can do with him. Uh, was tempting to go quarterback, was tempting to go uh, a number of different directions as well with, with other defensive positions, but Jamal Adams, I think, is the best uh, mesh between 
what that roster is looking for and just pure uh, quality of the prospects involved in the discussion. I got Jacksonville here at number four, and uh, as much as I'd like to go offensive line for them, I don't really have an option that excites me here at number four. Um, I think a little bit about a running back, but uh, I like the options later, so we're going to pass there. And I'm going to settle on Solomon Thomas, the defensive lineman from uh, Stanford, actually defensive end. I think what he does is provides them a player that can play on the outside and run downs, kick inside, and run to your gaps kind of like uh, Justin Tuck did for Tom Coughlin with the New York Giants I think he can fill a similar role for Jaguars um, Dante Fowler or any competition and I'm not uh, overly excited about the options next to um, the defensive lineman that escapes my name from Denver that they signed um, I cannot what's his name Kyle played for Tennessee and has Jackson. college football. yeah Malik Jackson there it is uh, I'm not overly excited about the options next to him as interior rushers, uh, so I think Solomon Thomas is a great pick and, and certainly worthy of a top five selection in this draft. Well, well it sounds like we're going to have a talking point here next uh, next couple shows because uh, you did me a favor taking Solomon this early in the draft class, in my opinion. Uh, number five, Tennessee Titans. I'll leave that at that as a tease. Uh, Corey Davis um, thought about going free safety. Uh, Jamal Adams being gone kind of knocked that that. Uh, the wind out of that sale. So Corey Davis uh, continuing to build weapons around Marcus Mariota, uh, getting somebody on the boundary who can win with run after catch, has polished routes, can be more of an impactful receiver on the vertical areas of the field. Uh, Davis is a blend of all those things. Uh, Mariota would be very well served uh, to have someone like Davis because there's so much versatility in the ways that he can win and uh, let him do some of the heavy lifting as far as run after catch and, and getting solid separation in the intermediates and, and not making Mariota have to make perfect throws, uh, which he's showing he can do more and more of, uh, but just continuing to build around uh, Mariota, make sure the infrastructure around him really complements his game and lets him be the best quarterback he can be. I've got the Jets here at number six, and Oh, man, that is a roster that is in need of literally everything. And uh, when I think about a player that can most help this team right now, I go with Marshawn Lattimore out of Ohio State. They don't have any real exciting options on the outside at cornerback, and their defensive scheme is very demanding on what they ask their corners to do. So I got a guy here in Lattimore that has a high ceiling, uh, great ball skills. I think you can trust him in man coverage on an island. And, um, you know, certainly brings a physical element to the game as well. If they're going to run that style of defense that Todd Bowles likes to, they need to have a, a guy like Marshawn Lattimore as their number one corner. So uh, that's where I'm going here for the Jets at six. Uh, almost caught myself. Number seven is the Los Angeles Chargers, L.A. Chargers. And, um, yeah, I just thought the value here as far as where my personal board lines up uh, – is too good to pass up one for your quarterback of the future. So I'm going to take Deshaun Watson out of Clemson. Uh, Phillip Rivers is continuing to get up there in age. Uh, Rivers has been uh, a stationary pocket passer for a very long time. Very few quarterbacks uh, can continue to win in that regard. You have to be very good. You have to have great in-between-the-ear stuff. Um, Watson may be down the road a breath of fresh air if you're trying to uh, find another traditional pocket passer to just plug back in there. Uh, you may have some growing pain, so Watson is a bit more of a 
creator on his own can use his legs to extend plays. Uh, and, and I really like uh, the, the potential chemistry with him working with the tight ends on the roster there, Hunter Henry, uh, Antonio Gates, if he continues to stick around for a couple years, uh, if Keenan Allen can get healthy and get back on the field. Uh, big targets for Watson to throw to to help negate some of those intermediate inaccurate throws. Uh, so kind of a a blend and mesh of guys you see being there in the short and long-term as potential targets, and Watson being somebody that can add a new element to your offense going forward. Carolina Panthers at eight is the next pick. I have uh, Marlon Humphrey, cornerback from Alabama. I like Humphrey a ton. I know that some people don't. I'm not sure why. I'd like to watch tape with him and talk about that. Uh, But uh, when I think about playing in the NFC South, you have some very prolific passing offenses, and you have some big-time receivers in Mike Evans and uh, Julio Jones. And, you know, James Bradbury was a nice rookie surprise for Carolina last year. Uh, But I think they need someone on the other side of the football to – to help him <laughs> and, and take away uh, the other side there. And uh, Marlon Humphrey is a player who is extremely physical, helps you as, and run support as a great tackler. Uh, I think he's got better ball skills than he's given credit for. And I think he has the coverage skills to mount line up and man coverage, even though it's a safe, uh, it's a defense in Carolina that plays a good mix of zone and man. So uh, Marlon Humphrey, I think, gets them a, a nice duo of cornerbacks to compete with the prolific passing offenses and uh, certainly a guy that can contribute and run support as well. Joe, you are going to have Panthers fans livid at you for taking a corner at number eight. I just, I know you're going to know it. Well, but I do know it. There's no offensive line help for them. I like the receiver options later. Um, it's it, to me, it's it's the it's a big area of concern. And honestly, uh, Marlon Humphrey is right there at the top of my board at this uh, point in the draft. Tip to you, good sir. Number nine, Reuben Foster to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati's running around with a bunch of two-down linebackers. Uh, Perfect, uh, Maluga. Uh, just look at historically the guys that they've had the past six, seven years. Uh, a guy that can be on the field all three downs would certainly be a breath of fresh air. And uh, Foster has range, he has hitting power, he can play in space. Uh, he's not the best coverage linebacker, but he's got enough skills uh, to be effective in zones underneath. Uh, an absolute hammer between the tackles. Uh, same style of linebacker that they have traditionally loved as far as a downhill plug guy. So I just really think uh, you're getting down towards the back half of the top ten. Uh, it's a nice blend between uh, sensible positional investment uh player value of the player on the board and team need all in one. So foster to the Bengals at number nine. Buffalo Bills at number 10. I'm going with O.J. Howard, the tight end from Alabama. I think he can help this offense a ton. Uh, first and foremost, he is a dominant blocker, and they have uh, the Bills have issues on the right side of their offensive line right now, talking about guys like Jordan Mills uh, starting there, competing with uh, Sandra Henderson and Cyrus Quan. Anjo, a deficiency there. He uh, is a dominant run blocker who I think can help, and the Bills already have the number one rushing offense in the NFL, so that makes that that much better. Plus, uh, O.J. Howard, I think, can be a true seam buster and a nice option for Tyrod Taylor, a big catch radius. I think he's going to be difficult for NFL linebackers and safeties to carry into space. 
And, uh, you know, we just give another weapon to Tyrod Taylor outside of Sammy Watkins. Charles Clay is a, is a good tight end, but this allows him to flex out a little bit and uh, use him in some different ways that I think can uh, really help the Bills offense, help Tyrod Taylor, and uh, give them uh, another guy that can move the sticks. So I think O.J. Howard's impact on the Bills offense would be really nice here at number 10. Number 11, New Orleans Saints. Uh, Saints now have the luxury of two first-round draft selections, courtesy of their trade uh, with uh, the New England Patriots for John Ross. Uh, where They lost a uh, playmaker on offense. They're going to get a playmaker on offense here, but it's going to be somebody in the backfield. Dalvin Cook, uh, I, I, I think he certainly put cold water on any concepts of him potentially being a top-ten pick. Um, but the Saints love to play offense. It's their style of game. It has been for a very long time under Coach Payton. Uh, Cook would bring a really nice three-down back element. I know they have some competent backs there, but just the opportunity to really upgrade uh, and bring a, I don't want to say Reggie Bush style, but you can use Cook in some of the same ways that Reggie Bush was used, even though he's not that same caliber of an athlete. He's probably a more instinctive runner. He sees things better in between the tackles, has better vision. Uh, so that combination uh, is something that excites me pretty well. I think Dalvin is one of the top two running backs in this draft class, and uh, uh, I think the guy that I have above Dalvin uh, will not get any looks in the first round for some of the transgressions he's had off the field. So uh, Dalvin, as a playmaker, uh, adding a receiving element out of the backfield and, and bringing some fresh legs and some fresh playmaking ability to running uh, outside zone and inside the tackles uh, is, is a really nice fit for me, in my opinion. And uh, Kyle's Twitter handle is at NDT Scouting for the Saints fans that are pissed that he didn't go <laughs> linebacker or defense who for you. Gonna, who are you going to take a linebacker? Ruben Foster's uh, off the board. I think Saints fan just wants to know that there's a uh, 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 linebacker, I think, maybe coming up here in the next few picks that they might have enjoyed having selected, or maybe a secondary guy. I, I think Saints fans just just want to see somebody on defense, but that's uh, either that's uh, that's your your card turn in. You went Dalvin good, Cook. Good thing they have more than one draft pick in the first round. Yeah, yeah, I like how you set that up. Uh, let's see here. We got Cleveland Browns at number twelve, and man, I don't have a quarterback that I'm even thinking about drafting at number twelve. Uh, so I'm going with my best player available at this point and that's Buda Baker out of Washington um, I think he can help that secondary a ton he can play in single high looks as a deep safety and you can work him down towards the box and let him play as a slot corner um, he can play uh, in short zones as well, and his playmaking ability, his ability to process and close quickly is a great tackler. I just think what he offers the defense gives it multiplicity and uh, he he can fill a big role kind of in that Tyron Matthew role for them. And, uh, you know, their safeties are a little bit underwhelming for me. Uh, actually, their corners are even underwhelming as well. But uh, I like what Buda Baker does for this defense, and they can start filling some of those other needs uh, on day two. Yeah, uh, number 13 is the Arizona Cardinals, another team uh, that in the right circumstances I would like to pick a quarterback, but uh, I don't. I personally just don't see the value here in the the early first half of the first round to take a quarterback aside of the two that are already off the board. I think there's kind of a significant drop after those two as far as on the field product that you're getting now, long term on the field product, and likelihood of translation of skill sets. So uh, I'm going to go with 
Ohio State offensive lineman Pat Elfline uh, can play guard, center, uh, anywhere along the interior, so that uh, positional flexibility uh, gives him uh, a nice value. Uh, I, I think we can all agree the offensive tackle class, you know, you're probably not going to get any looks here, but Elfline is an interior offensive lineman, uh, can be a nice piece that they can use now and they can use later. Uh, right guard for them is a spot that continues to be open, so Elfline can fill that and play at a high level. It will give them roster flexibility uh, going forward as well as far as contracts and retaining. Uh, talent that they already have on staff. So uh, I think that is a nice blend of need now, need long term, and something that makes sense so that when you get your quarterback of the future, whether it's in the second round or in the long term, uh, you will have a a strong interior offensive line to continue to protect him, uh, continue to invest in the offense so that way when that next quarterback comes in, there's a strong uh, established base around him. Yeah, Elfline's going to be a pillar for a long time on an offensive line. I like that pick. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles at number 14. Uh, I do find a cornerback worthy of this selection, and that's Gary and Conley out of Ohio State. Uh, um, look at the Eagles roster. They need help on the perimeter. They've done a fairly nice job helping uh, on offense there with uh, their free agency with uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. So it gives them the luxury to kind of focus on defense here at cornerback, and I like Gary and Conley quite a bit. Um, you know, right now they're slated to start Ron Brooks at cornerback, and and that that is a, a need somewhere they need to upgrade upgrade significantly. Gary and Conley's experienced; um, he's a good tackler. You can trust him in man; he can function in zone, and I think he meshes well with Jim Schwartz's system uh, and, and fills a major need for the Eagles here at fourteen. Number 15 is the Indianapolis Colts, and this is the pick that Joe teased for all the Saints fans. Uh, Temple linebacker Hassan Reddick is going to come off the board here to the Colts. Uh, Colts playing in in a division that plays a lot of offense, uh, and defense can go a long way in winning you some good football games. So Reddick, I really like his versatility. It's one of the first words anybody's going to throw out when they talk about him. Uh, it does not matter what style of defense you play. 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, nickel. Uh, there's a spot for him on the field. He can cover. He has DB movement skills of 240 pounds. He has the ability to rush the passer as far as an off-the-edge guy if you want to walk him up and Sam uh, in a 4-3 under or something like that and play him at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's used to playing through traffic. He has good football intelligence. Uh, he just checks a lot of boxes. So uh, I think the Colts would be well-served to get some second-level talent on that defense, uh, get somebody that if they want to play their base, he can play inside. Uh, you go to nickel, you can just slide him out. You can ask him to play on tight ends. Uh and that name is going to continue to get hotter and hotter and hotter as we continue to go through the draft process. I've got the Ravens here at number 16, and um, I, I hate to, to throw another wide receiver at them, but they've got to get that position right. Joe Flacco deserves to have some infrastructure around him that is reliable, uh, particularly on the outside. He needs a go-to guy, and I have them selecting Mike Williams, wide receiver from Clemson. I think he's the, uh, outside of Corey Davis, he's the other guy in this class that gives you a chance to have a number one receiver, an alpha-type guy, 
And uh, Joe Flacco is a guy who will test man coverage. Mike Williams is a guy who is open when he's got a guy on him, uh, like his ability at the catch point. And, um, you know, the Ravens need to give give Joe Flacco some options. And um, Mike Williams gives them a chance to have a number one wide receiver. And, and uh, you know, I think they, they need to go ahead and get the other guy in this class outside of Corey Davis who can be a number one. All right. We're halfway. Everybody take a deep breath. (sighs) Buckle up. I'm kicking things off with the Washington Redskins at number 17. Uh, Joe, real quick. I'm going to put you on the spot before I let the Redskins pick out of the bag. Any names that you were really surprised to not see go top 16? Yeah, there's some names that come to mind. Uh, uh, I think... Malik Hooker is a name that's commonly in mock drafts that we didn't have a place for. Leonard Fournette, everyone I'm sure is curious about his destination. Uh, And then another guy who's almost virtually been in every top 10 uh, to this point in every mock draft I've seen is John Allen out of Alabama. So those are some of those. Well, I got your bases covered because my next couple picks are BPA guys to a certain degree. They also happen to mesh up. One of those is the Redskins taking John Allen at number 17. Uh, Redskins are looking at some turnover uh, with their 3-4 defensive ends. Uh, They still continue to have nice stand-up guys with with Trent Murphy and Ryan Kerrigan and Brian Arakpo. Uh, Allen playing the 5-tech there. Uh, He he certainly put to bed any concepts of him playing anything other than a base 4-3 and if you're going to put him in a 4-man front and I don't like him quite as much at three tech, so this uh, this is a pretty nice landing spot for him, and the Redskins gets a, a long-term plug-and-play to replace uh, somebody like Chris Baker, the defensive lineman that they've had there for a long time. So uh, that selection is just made a ton of sense when we got down to this point and I looked over their roster, where they're at right now, uh, and, and the guys left on the board. Allen was a home-run pick in my selection. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Kyle, I've got the Tennessee Titans at 18. And, uh, you know, this is uh, one of those teams with two first-round selections. And I'd be curious, if you, uh, at number five, when you were picking for them, if Jamal Adams were on the clock, would you have selected him there? Yes. Yes, I would have. So we both kind of agree that safety is is their other major need outside of wide receiver. And uh, I like Obi Melifonwu here. I think this is the right place for a team to draft him. Big, long, athletic guy. Obviously, he's having a tremendous postseason from what he's been able to do in the Senior Bowl uh, and the Combine blowing it up. What he's going to be able to do for a defensive scheme is tremendous just because he's on the field and the skill set that he he offers and what he can do for the other players on the team. He can cover those big tight ends one-on-one. He can uh, you know carry those big wide receivers into space. Uh, really nice coverage player. He's got some, you know, some tackling issues to clean up, but uh, I think that that will be addressed. And, and I think he's the guy, that center fielder, that guy that they can bring down into the box. That's going to help that Tennessee Titans defense quite a bit. And, and Tennessee's a talented team. And, and this this combination of Melo Fanwu and uh, and Corey Davis is a heck of a haul for them in the first round uh, for what Kyle and, a, Kyle and I were able to do for them. Yeah, they've really set themselves up well. 
uh, with with the potential here, two top 20 picks in this draft class uh, to really align their roster favorably. I have the Tampa Bay Bucks at number 19, and I'm going to go with another safety, and that's Malik Hooker. I think this is about the spot where I would feel good if I was a franchise taking somebody like Hooker. Uh, true, uh, he's got a blue chip trait in his deep coverage skills. Uh, his back end ability uh, can help cover up a lot of mistakes. Uh, from corners, you got an aging corner there in Brent Grimes, so uh, somebody like Malik Hooker can cover up a lot of those issues vertically down the field. Uh, Hooker, uh, selective hitter, he can hit, he can tackle. Obviously, there's questions about his health. Uh, ha- had some injuries that that he played through, uh, so he has to prove that his medicals are clean. Uh, but assuming that they are, just looking at his play style, he, he's not quite as versatile as Jamal Adams, and that hurts him with me. And uh, I I think this would be a good spot and a nice mesh with with team style too to get somebody like Hooker on the back end, let him play single high, let him make plays on the ball, let him use his elite range optimally. And in that division, that is an opportunity for him to make a ton of impact plays because they love to sling the rock down there in the NFC South. I've got the Denver Broncos at 20, and uh, everybody knows they need some help on that offensive line, and obviously their quarterback options are pretty underwhelming. We'll see what happens with Tony Romo and, and et cetera. But now they need to be able to protect whoever their quarterback is, especially if it's Tony Romo. Uh, so I think Cam Robinson is the logical choice here at number 20. Uh, he, Cam is a, uh, is a physical, athletic, big man, long arms, uh, he can he can be that blindside protector. He can create that space. He can get out in second level and seal. Um, he's just a quality offensive lineman. Has some body control issues that I think uh, stem from uh, some some getting a little bit flat footed with his feet. But I think that can be improved. Uh, there's some concerns about the mental side of the game for him, where I think he jumps, hops, he false starts quite a bit and sometimes has some issues with stunts but i like his uh his potential as a as a uh, franchise left tackle so cam robinson makes sense a lot of sense for me uh, to the broncos here at number 20 i'm gonna go back to back here uh, i'm gonna go uh, with the lions pick here at number 21 that leaves kyle a, a dolphins connoisseur uh, available for that uh, number 22 pick so i'm gonna go back to back here i've got the detroit lions and they just made a substantial investment in their offensive line. Uh, looks like it could be one of the better units in all of the NFL. But when I think about who's running behind that offensive line, I am not all that excited. Uh, Amir Abdullah has some skills, but he's often injured. Uh, Zenner, uh, you know, Theo Riddick, these guys aren't moving the needle for me. Let's go ahead and get Leonard Fournette off the board and, and put him behind that that offensive line and let him just run and and run over the uh the nfc north there for years to come that would be a heck of a ground game to go with matt stafford who obviously can uh, produce in the passing game and that would make that one difficult offense to stop so leonard fournette to the Detroit Lions here at 21. Joe, I don't see anything different than what I did with Dalvin Cook and the Saints to what you just did with the Detroit Lions. <laughs> okay, well, I'm that's just fine. throwing it out there. I love the fit, but that's why I did the same thing with Cook, because I love the fit. I love stylistically what they're trying to do. That makes so much sense. It's a good pick. I like it. Uh, I'm going to take with the number 22 pick. The Miami Dolphins are going to select uh, tight end David Njoku. And Dolphins fans, I hear you. 
Okay, I actually got yelled at in my last mock draft for Fan Rag Sports uh, by a Dolphins fan asking me if I had not realized uh, that the Dolphins had just traded for Julius Thomas and re-signed Anthony Fasano. And I want you all to think about that statement before you get upset that I just took a blue-chip tight end prospect for the team. Uh, Coach Adam Gase has made a habit in, in the other places that he has been, making tight ends be a very strong focal point. Uh, struggled to get Jordan Cameron involved this past year, his first year with the Dolphins. Cameron has since retired. Uh, Deion Sims has signed with the Chicago Bears, uh, so there's some fresh blood. Anthony Fasano is a great blocking tight end, but he's not a receiver. Julius Thomas is an aging player who struggles to stay healthy and is coming off a dud of a year. So do not hedge your bets in, in banking on things to happen. For me, I know Joe's going to disagree with me with his next pick, but for me, the value at the linebacker position is not there for a selection of 22. The value's not quite there for a pass rusher when you compare where Njoku is as a tight end prospect and his ceiling to where the pass rushers are that are currently on the board where this pick is. So Njoku is a vertical element in the middle of the field. Tannehill has always vibed and meshed well with his tight ends with the exception of Cameron, ironically enough. So Njoku brings a lot to that passing game. Tannehill gets somebody uh, who he can hit in the second level. And then obviously that will open things up for Jarvis Landry. And then obviously that will open things up on the boundary. You get the point. Njoku is a dynamic receiver. You should be all on board with this pick. I, you know, I did Danny Isadora's uh, film evaluation today. And uh, you know, obviously I watched the pit game. And my goodness, David Njoku is just an animal. He's going to be a real pain in the ass for these NFL defenses. Uh, so as a Buffalo Bills fan, I am not excited about David Yo, Njoku entering the division. Who was, who was at that game? Do you know who was at that game? Yeah, uh, boots on the ground, Kyle Kraft. Hello. Yeah, I was there. Uh, that was when I fell in love. That front flip, oh. that front flip over his own guy and the defender on the goal line on the 19-yard catch and run, uh, that was the spot where it was like holy expletive. This guy, you're immediately circling his name, saying, "Let's come back to him after the game and make sure we do some in-depth stuff on him." You know, Kaya missed some pretty easy throws vertically, yeah, or else he would have had even more of, a, of an impact. In I that think game. he started the game like 11 for 11. Like, yeah. he just shredded Pittsburgh on defense that game. And Joku, man, stud. Well, uh, I've got the Giants here at number 23, and this guy, Joe Marino, still loves Zach Cunningham, the Vanderbilt linebacker. I know that everyone wants to talk about his issues coming to balance when he's tackling and over-pursuing and the missed tackles, and they're concerning. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought the same thing about Deion Jones out of LSU last year, so I'm not taking the cheese. I think that can be corrected. I like Zach Cunningham's skill set. I think he's a three-down player, fast to flow, can get out anywhere and make plays. Uh, he does well to deal with blocks. He can cover. He can blitz. And uh, when I look at this this Giants roster and I see Kelvin Shepard slated to start at linebacker, um, you know, <laughs> I got to find help. I like Cunningham. I like the fit, and I like the value for me here at number 23. How dare you take take the cheese from me? Yeah, yeah you, you. we have some, some off-air things to talk about with that phrase because I, I see both <laughs> of us uh, doing things in our work this year that is uh, uh, somewhat of corrective from uh, past mistakes. Okay, yeah, that, maybe that would be a good show. 
Let's let's yeah, let's maybe, try and do that. Maybe I don't point. want to admit to all of that stuff. But. Yeah, well, yeah, we I got some stuff going up too too. Uh, number twenty four is the Oakland Raiders. Is there any secret that the Oakland Raiders need help on the defensive back end? Uh, I'm going to take uh, UCLA corner Fabian Moreau. Uh, Moreau got excitement drummed up from him at the East West Shrine when I believe it was Mike Mayock said he is at worst a second round pick. And that raised eyebrows for me because he was on our watch list, but not really a priority for me. And I just got around to him a couple weeks ago. And I'll be darned if Mike wasn't right. He's really good. He's still got some technical stuff to clean up, but his size profile and his athletic profile really fits well with what the Raiders have been looking for. He's a little more explosive than what they have right there in Sean Smith. Uh, He's long enough. He's got some good length. Ball skills are good. And his recovery, acceleration, and quickness is tremendous. So some fresh blood there. Uh, He's still fairly new to the position, so uh, giving him a look there at 24. I like the value at the back end of the round because he's checked some boxes for things that the Raiders like, uh, and he can tackle. He's got a good build, and he's got just a really nice ball of clay for somebody to continue to mold once he hits the NFL level. I've got Houston here at 25, and uh, that's a good football team. Obviously, J.J. Watt being back this year is going to help them a ton. T.J., uh, uh, take T.J. <laughs> not doing that. I've got to get him a quarterback, Kyle, man. And uh, the one that I like here, it's it's a reach for my board, but to get, to get quarterbacks, you have to reach. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes out of Texas Tech. Um, he obviously has a high ceiling. If it all comes together, he's incredibly talented in terms of his arm strength. The the physical profile is very exciting. He's got a lot of uh, work to do to prove his ability to play in an NFL offense and and the demands of of a Bill O'Brien scheme. Um, but he gives you a chance. He's a guy that has NFL franchise quarterback uh, traits. He's exciting. He's a gunslinger. So if you can, uh, you know, take the best of him and uh, help him develop to a little bit more rhythm and consistency. I think you've got a high-level uh, potential starter. Obviously, he comes with a with a low floor. Uh, excuse me, a, a, a floor that is scary, right? He's a boomer bust type prospect. But uh, this is a chance, given the state of this Texans roster, that I think that they need to, to take. Seattle Seahawks at number 26. Uh, they need bodies on the offensive line. Uh, they need to protect Russell Wilson. Uh, they've had their... Uh, approach to trying to take raw guys and mold them, uh, but they have an opportunity here to take Wisconsin offensive tackle Ryan Ramchek and bypass all of that uh, molding. This guy is fairly technically polished. He moves really well. Now, they just took Jermaine Effetti from Texas A&M last year in the first round, but they've come out and said he is a right side of the offensive line kind of guy. He's either a right guard or a right tackle. So Ramchek can, can go right on the left tackle spot, provide them an upgrade there, and, and be a really high-quality starter, provided everything clicks and the, the hip is good. Uh, just just make that left tackle position better so Russell Wilson takes less hits, allows him to be more patient with the ball, get the ball out on time on quote-unquote schedule, and just really help improve the passing game. You know, sometimes it doesn't have to be sexy to improve the passing game, and that's exactly what a pick like this would do for the Seahawks. Kansas City Chiefs here at 27. I'm going Raekwon McMillan out of Ohio State. Um, they need to start thinking about a, a, a replacement for Derek Jones. 
Wisconsin. I think he's a, a nice uh, player to come in and do that. He had a lot better season than anybody gave him credit for. You know, there was rumblings that he's not playing like a first-round pick. Well, I did my deep dive on his film, and, and I really like what I saw. I think he uh, projects as a, as a high-level starter at inside linebacker in the NFL, and I like the, uh, the structure around him in Kansas City to make him uh, what I think would be a playmaker on the second level. So uh, McMillan is a, is a short-term uh, need and fills a long-term uh, need as well. So, uh, Raquan McMillan to the Chiefs. Number 28 is the Dallas Cowboys, and Dallas needs pass rush. Uh, good friend of the show, John Owning, is going to be mad at me because I am not going to take his guy, Derek Rivers, from Youngstown State. Instead, I'm going to take Derek Barnett from Tennessee. Barnett brings some more functional play strength, uh, he's he's got really strong handwork, can play the run, if not as well, better than what he does rush the passer. He needs to add some versatility to his counters at first contact, uh, but that dip and bend and surface area diminishment that he has and he loves to go to as an exterior rush, he runs the track with that as well as anybody because he's got good snap anticipation and he has good timing and understanding of how to force that false punch at first contact. So Barnett is a boundary rusher for the Cowboys with his hand in the dirt. Makes a ton of sense. It's kind of a different direction from what they've gone from as far as they like uh, the longer, more... uh, twitchy, explosive guys, uh, but Barnett can also supplement in the uh, the running defense as well. So uh, just give him a shot as the strong side defensive end and then let him do work, which he has done. And that film that he has at Tennessee speaks for itself in that regard. Green Bay Packers at 29. And uh, this is a team that has lost a lot of valuable contributors uh, over the course of free agency. And... and um, you know, over the last two years, they've really had an exodus of, of talent on their offensive line, and I think it's time to replace that. You know, their their priority has to be Aaron Rodgers and keeping him upright, and uh, i got to get them an offensive lineman. So Forrest Lamp out of Western Kentucky is a player that I like a ton. Uh, I think he projects best on the interior, and uh, he can plug and play at one of those guards spots immediately and give them a guy who is going to maintain a the proper depth of the pocket can slide and shut down interior gaps and he is a guy that he's not going to maul in the run game but he's technically sound and create space and create running lanes with his ability to get his body in good positions and uh and seal guys and and you know i think he's going to be an impact offensive lineman have have a uh, have a guy that can replace some of the guys that have left and you have a pillar piece, I think, for a long time in Forrest Lamp that can uh, help maintain uh, Aaron Rodgers' career. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I'm going to go pass rusher for the Steelers. Uh, they're going to have opportunities to land corners a little later on if they want to continue adding to the, the defensive backfield. And they seem to uh, was really going against trends for them last year anyway to, to select Artie Burns as early as they did. Uh, so T.J. Watt. 3-4 style defense is a good fit in that regard, letting him play upright. And uh, James Harrison is, what, 62 now? It's, 63. It's I'm sorry, 63. So it's time to get some fresh <laughs> blood in there and prepare for life after James Harrison. That time is coming. And as much as I love anybody that can do single-arm overhead presses with a 45-pound plate on either side uh 
is a guy you can't help but love. But uh, Father Time is undefeated at the end of the day. So T.J. Watt, it's a situation where he doesn't have to get a ton of reps early if you want to continue to bulk him up a little bit and let him get some more functional play strength. Uh, Continue to learn. This will only be his third year on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, But the upside that he brings, you want to bring him in on rotational situations. You want to let him come in and play some, excuse me, off the ball on third down packages and move him around much like he did at Wisconsin. Uh, that is a one-to-one correlation. Those are ways in which he can contribute right now while not forcing him necessarily into an every down roll right off the bat. Atlanta Falcons at 31. I'm going Derek Rivers, edge defender from Youngstown State. Uh, I think the Falcons defense is predicated on pass rush and and, and having rushers on top of rushers. So I like adding another guy to go along with Vic Beasley. And I'm not overly excited about Brooks Reed as their other primary rusher. So you go ahead and get Derek Rivers, who uh, I like his bend. I like his ability to uh, run the edge track and flatten and, and has really nice speed to power conversion. I think he's uh, got enough power in his hands and, and technique to play the run. And uh, I think he's just going to be a quality, quality football player that would add to uh, the talent that they already have, and even and make their pass rush even more potent, and give them a a, a lethal combination of rushers on the edge in Rivers and Rivers and Beasley. Yeah, that's not fair, man. You, you can't, especially this. They, they just uh, signed Don Terry Poe too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I've been. This has been a popular place for me in my mock drafts to go defensive tackle. But now that they've done that, now they're in a position to really land one of these edge rushers that is probably going to be there for them late in the first round, yeah. given a you know things are going to unfold in, in the depth of the position. A lot of value at pass rusher in my board in particular, and it's kind of reflected that here with three of the past four picks being edge rushers in the the back half of the twenties on my board. There's a lot of rush players that are available and that value lines up on my board exactly how it's played out here for us uh, it is time for me to make amends with the new orleans saints fans uh, who may have been disenfranchised with dalvin cook uh, we're going to go defensive side of the ball we're going to invest in a corner and i want to invest in cordrea tankersley from clemson not one of the stereotypical names that you hear a lot about tease Tabor, quincy wilson uh gary on conley uh, those guys, Sidney Jones, prior to the injury, were all more popular names than Tankersley. Uh, but when you watch Tankersley film, and especially his progression from 2015 to 2016, he became much less grabby on his route stems, and he was a very, very physical defensive back that has length. He has good ball skills, good mobility, good looseness in his hips checked a lot of boxes for me as far as things that you're looking for for a guy that you can play up you can play off you can play in zone he can do all those things i think his best reps are when you allow him the opportunity to disrupt early in the play and giving him a chance to go to the saints and play up on the line of scrimmage and get in the face of some of these wide receivers can really throw off some of these passing games get them off of schedule and i really love that fit so saints fans from my board, you're coming home with Dalvin Cook and Cordreas Tankersley. I think you could do a whole lot worse than that. Yeah, way to redeem yourself there. They they need help on defense. We've been saying that for 15 years now. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a it's a race first, right? Who, uh, if James Harrison retires, or if the Saints get better on defense. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like it. Yeah, so that is going to do it for us today, uh, with that poor pun being the crescendo on our show. Uh, we would like to thank all you guys for tuning in and listening. We hope that you uh, uh, got some interesting nuggets as far as our board and what we think of certain players. Uh, if you have any feedback about the show in general or about this show specifically, if you would like to give Joe grief for his picks, you can do so at the Joe Marino on Twitter. You can give me grief for my picks at NDT Scouting on Twitter. Uh, you can also let us know on Facebook we're at facebook.com slash NDT Scouting. We're trying to build that platform up, so we would love it if you guys swung over and gave us a like. Uh, also, we would love if you subscribe to the show. You can do so via Audioboom, iTunes, uh, Podbean, whatever you're listening to this on. Odds are you can subscribe. We kindly ask that you do so, so you do not miss the next episode of Draft Dudes, which will be on Wednesday. It's looking like in the coming week or so we're going to have some guests on the show we're really looking forward to, uh, some potential prospects in the cards for us. We're pulling some strings, seeing what we can pull off for you guys. Uh, So be sure to tune in, hit that subscribe button, and do not miss that. I am signing off for Joe Marino. I am Kyle Krabs, and we are the Draft Dudes Podcast. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.